What's going on, everybody at the Bridge Princeton? How are you today? If you don't already know, I'm Pastor Ryan. I am the lead pastor at the Bridge Goldsboro. So Bridge Goldsboro, that's, that's where I'm from. It's so good to be with, with you today. Here's the cool thing about the series that we're in right now, besides the really cool bumper that you just saw. The really cool thing about this series is all the location lead pastors are, are moving around to each location during this series. So for the next four weeks, you're, the location lead pastors are, are kind of moving around. And, and here's the cool thing about that. Um, you don't have to go anywhere. You get to hear from all the pastors, and all you have to do is just come to your, your location right here. We'll come to you. Somebody say amen to that, and that's good news. Yes. Now, just a little insider info. We all took a vote, and we decided that the best one of us would start at Princeton today. Um, some of you are like, I'll be the judge of that. No, I'm, I'm totally kidding. In fact, it's very humbling uh, to be here where Pastor Jim teaches every single every single week, and I, you can hear it from the other uh, pastors, but I'll just say it for me, and I'm going to speak for, for us, too, because I know we all feel this way. We are so blessed to have him as our leader, and not just you guys at Princeton, which go ahead and give him a hand, because he is an awesome, awesome pastor, man of God, uh, but it's, it's great that he's our senior pastor, and we can glean from him. So humbling to be on this team. So good to be with you uh, today. I'm excited to be here. Um, today, we're starting a new series called Felt Board Faith. Now, you probably maybe remember the title of that series. We actually did the, that series last year, and we kept the same title. Um, do you remember last year we did Felt Board Faith, and what we did is we took very common Bible stories, well-heard-of Bible stories, Jonah and the big fish, David and Goliath, and we kind of walked through those stories. This year, we're doing it a little bit different. It's still called Felt Board Faith, but instead of doing the popular stories, we dug deep. And we pulled out the stories that you may or may not have ever heard before. Yeah. Some of you are really excited about that. Go home and read your Bible. <laughs> yeah. I'm just kidding. We, we pulled out the more obscure stories, you know, like St. Peter and the Temple of Doom. That's not in there. I'm just making sure you're paying attention. We, we pulled out more of the obscure stories that don't get heard publicly a lot. And so today... I want to talk to you about a man named Jeroboam. Everybody say Jeroboam. Get it in your head, Jeroboam. And, and probably more importantly, I want to talk about what Jeroboam did with the blessings that God gave him because he blessed his life. And his story is found in 1 Kings. Jeroboam is a man who God blessed. In fact, God blessed him so much that it was the first time the nation of Israel had really ever seen anything like it, the way God blessed him uh, in the particular context that he blessed him. But something happened to Jeroboam, and I just want to throw this out of the gate right away. Jeroboam misplaced his blessings. Now, that's my word. He misplaced his blessings. But when we misplace our blessings, what we do is we make a decision to live in a way or a manner of thinking that doesn't line up with the blessings that God has given us. You ever heard of the scripture that says, walk worthy of this calling that you've received? So there's this idea that we're supposed to live a life that is worthy of what God has brought into our lives. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's getting good. Turn to your neighbor on the other side and say, stepping on my toes a little bit. See, we're never inviting you back here again. <laughs> How important is it that we treat the blessings of God well? You think we give God a good name? You think it glorifies him when he pours blessings into our lives and our lives actually line up according to the word of God and everybody else sees not just the blessings that he poured in, but they see a, 
a person that is walking in the will of God? How important is it that we treat the blessings of God well and not, and not misplace them? Because God's nature is to bless you. If you've given your life to Christ and you're walking in, in his will, it, he is going to bless you. That's, that's a non-negotiable because it's, it's not just something that he does, but it's who he is. Now, you may be sitting here today thinking, well, I don't, I don't feel very blessed. Listen to me. If you've given your life to Christ, you serve a God whose nature is to bless you. Look at Romans chapter 8, verse 38, real quick. This is what Paul says. He says, I'm sure. He didn't say I think or it might be. He said, I'm sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor death or anything else in all creation, you think he covered everything, will be able to separate us from the, what's the word? From the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. He said nothing can separate us from his love by which all the blessings that we have in Christ come. Nothing can separate us from that. Everything that comes out of Christ becomes because of his love for us. Every, and it starts with salvation, right? In heaven, the promise of heaven that we have one day when we cross from here to there. Thank you, Jesus. But it also encompasses every single blessing that you will ever receive right here on this earth that comes from God. What does the word say? He is the giver of every good and perfect gift. Everything he does that is good in your life, it, it comes from him. And he does it because of his love for you. Nothing is separating you from the blessings of God. But what I've come to realize is that we can misplace them. We, if we're not careful, we can walk in ways that don't line up with God's faithfulness in our lives. And I wanna talk to you about Jeroboam because he was, he was a guy that sort of struggled with this a little bit. And I wanna share a couple of ways that we can make sure that we don't misplace blessings in our lives. You ready to go? Come on, say I'm ready. Jeroboam was a man that stood out. And this is really the beginning of, for, for Jeroboam. Not only did he stand out among his peers, but he also stood out, more importantly, to the king. He did his work extremely well. And 1 Kings chapter 11, verse 28, let's dig in. It says, now Jeroboam was a man of standing, and when Solomon, he was the king, saw how well the young man did his work, he put him in charge of the whole labor force of all the tribes of Joseph. Now, this labor force, if you didn't know, was about 150,000 people strong a few chapters back. They were building the temple. Uh, you heard of Solomon's temple? Solomon was the guy that built the temple for the Lord. And it was a huge undertaking. So this labor force was, was huge. Jeroboam did his work so well, it caught the eye of the king, and he gets this huge promotion, and he, he is leading a good part of this labor force. Would you call that a blessing? Absolutely. A blessing. This promotion would have come with all kinds of advantages, not to mention the prestige of being one of the king's leaders. When you walk around, people know, right? So it came with lots of blessings. But it's interesting that when God begins to bless you, when you think he's done blessing you, he ain't done. Turn to somebody and say, he's not done. He's not done. Because one day Jeroboam had this promotion. He's walking down the road. He's by himself. And this man of God, this prophet comes up to him. He's out in the country. Uh, a prophet was a man who spoke on God's behalf, if you didn't know. Uh, specifically in the Old Testament, now God can talk right to you. Say hallelujah. He walks up to Jeroboam and he, he takes off this new cloak and he begins to rip it into 12 pieces. Now, if you didn't know, the nation of Israel was divided into 12 tribes, okay? This is symbolic of the 12 tribes. He, he begins to rip the, the cloak apart in 12 pieces and he says, I want you to take 10 of these pieces, Jeroboam. And he says, what God's getting ready to do, because of Solomon's sin, the king, the current king, 
He said, I'm getting ready to rip the kingdom away from him, and I'm getting ready to make you king of 10 of the 12 tribes. And he said, I'm, I'm going to leave a portion for, because of David, my servant, which was Solomon's dad, for his sake, because he followed me with all his heart. He said, but I'm, I'm ripping the kingdom away from Solomon, and I'm, I'm giving it to you, 10 of these tribes. Look at what God told him in verse 37. He says, however, as for you, I will take you, and you will rule over all that your heart desires. You will be king over Israel. If you do whatever I command you and walk in obedience to me, and do what is right in my eyes by obeying my decrees and commands as David, my servant, did, I will be with you. I will, listen, I will build you a dynasty as enduring as the one I built for David, and I will give Israel to you. Let's be honest. Most of us would have been satisfied with the promotion. I mean, we, we can see Jeroboam. I'm sure he was satisfied with the promotion as well. But it is, isn't it amazing when you honor God and you think God has done elevating you because you got the promotion, he ain't done. When, when you think that God has done elevating you because you got the car that you wanted and you, you, you finally saved up your money and, and you know God did it because you couldn't have done it on your own and, and you have that car, he's not done. Or when your grandkids or your kids are serving the Lord and you feel so blessed, but yet you're still breathing air on the earth and nothing can separate you from the love that you have in Christ Jesus and you can look up and say, I know, God, you're not done with me, with me yet. I heard one amen on that. How many of you want to be blessed by the Lord and know he ain't done with you? God is a good God. Nothing can separate you from the love of Christ Jesus. And as wonderful as the blessings are that we have in our lives, nothing can separate us from that love. It's a never-ending love. Now, I don't want you to miss something that God told Jeroboam. If we can uh, put that verse back up in, in uh, verse 37 and 38. He says, if you do whatever I command you and walk in obedience to me, I will be with you. Notice what he says there. He says, if you, say if you, if you do these things, then I will. Say, then I will. With God, there's always a, a premise to the promise. You, you turn your heart towards me, God says, right? If you, if you walk in my ways, you see where I'm going with this? If you don't misplace my blessings, come on, somebody. If, you, if your life begins to line up with my word and you obey me, if you, then I will. It's the same thing he told to Jeroboam. It's the same thing he said to many other people, including the whole nation of Israel. And it's the same thing he's telling you today. I'm a God that loves to bless you. Nothing can separate you from the love that I have for you. It was done on the cross. And if you walk in my ways, then I will be with you. I will bless you. So God makes this wonderful promise to Jeroboam. You know the very next thing that happens? That's a big promise, isn't it? When God says something and it gets into your heart and you know and you go shouting for joy and you, you know, do a cartwheel in the parking lot on your way out of work because you know God's gonna bless you. And then the very next thing that happens, you know, Jeroboam moves right into the castle or right into the, the, uh, the, the palace and he gets real close to Solomon and Solomon takes him under his wing and, and then eventually they make a transition and then he's the king and everything's smooth sailing. <laughs> You know that's not how it happened. The very next verse says Solomon tried to kill him. See, Solomon knew. Solomon knew what was happening because years before that, Solomon turned his heart away from God. Solomon didn't start out that way. In fact, Solomon started out really good. But as he got older, he turned his heart away from God and began to follow the false gods of the wives of foreign women that he married. And he began to worship them. He began to make altars to them. And it became a detestable thing to God, and, he, and God told him, he said, because you did this, I'm gonna, I'm gonna rip the kingdom away from you. He said, and I'm gonna give it to your servant. 
Now, that, that was a huge deal because a king didn't give his kingdom to a servant. The king gave a kingdom to a son, kept it in the family. It was his lineage. It was, it was his posterity. Everything that he had was going to go to his family and keep his name alive. And when he said that, when God told him, I'm going to give it to your servant, that was, that was a huge thing, a huge heartbreak. And so years later, Jeroboam comes along, and he hears about what the prophet said to Jeroboam, and Solomon already knew, and he tried to kill him. He tried to take his life, and so Jeroboam disappeared. He goes to Egypt, and he flees. What do you think that was like for Jeroboam? I heard the promise. I heard what God was going to do. But my circumstances don't look anything like the promise. Come on, am I talking to anybody today that God's made you a promise and you know that he's going to come through for you? But just like the song says, we can say, God, you're good, you're good, you're never going to fail me. That song is best song when you're having to operate in faith because what you see in front of you isn't what God said just yet. But God's promises are true. And Jeroboam had to flee to Egypt knowing that God had made these, these huge promises to him. But what he was facing didn't look anything like what God said. Do you know that, that just because God makes you a promise doesn't mean that you're never going to go through another difficult time in your life? In fact, the, the, what I've realized in my short years on this earth is that a lot of times when God makes the promise, he'll walk you through a very difficult time. Is it because he doesn't like you? Is it because he's trying to, to test you in some weird way? God wants to hold your hand. God's trying to, to walk you through it to develop something in you so that by the time you get to the other side of it, you're a person that can hold the blessings that he's trying to pour into your life. Come on, what does James say? Consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds because you know the testing of your faith develops perseverance in you. What we see sometimes is as Satan on our back, God's trying to use to produce something in you so that you can hold the blessings that he's trying so desperately to pour into your life. So Jeroboam is in Egypt, and, and God said he would be king. But how many nights do you think he spent going, God, when are you going to do what you said you would do? And so fast forward in some time, Solomon eventually dies. And his son, Rehoboam, succeeds him as king. And Jeroboam hears that the guy who's trying to kill him back in Israel is dead. And so he comes back to Israel. And he's probably thinking, you know, God, you said I'd be king over ten tribes and Solomon's dead. But now his son is king. That's, that's, that's not what, what, what you said. I, I, you made the promise, but, but that's not what I'm seeing. How are you going to make this happen? But God works in the details. Rarely does God do it the way you thought he would. It's the details of the circumstances that you didn't see coming. And the people of the 10 tribes, after Rehoboam became king, they reached out to Jeroboam. Remember, Jeroboam was the leader of the workforce. They knew who he was. He was a prominent man. And they said, let's come talk to the king, Rehoboam. We need to talk about some things that Solomon used to do to us, harsh taxes, heavy labor. Let's go to Rehoboam and see if he'll do it a little bit different for us. Jeroboam, would you be our spokesperson? So they go ask Rehoboam, hey, your father put all these heavy things on us, and we're asking you not to make it so heavy. And Rehoboam, that's a whole other story, but he eventually comes back to him and says, not only am I not going to make it better, I'm actually going to make it worse. My father did this, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take it to the nth degree and make it worse for you. And so the 10 tribes, they look at Rehoboam and say, this is in a nutshell, these are my words. Yeah, we're no longer having anything to do with you. We're succeeding. <laughs> we're, 
we're taking our ten tribes and we're going, we're going back north and you can, you can hang tight. We don't have anything to do with that anymore and we're going to make Jeroboam our king. And so Jeroboam becomes king. And it's, it's crazy because you would think, well, this is God's doing. Rehoboam probably is just going to go back to his palace and maybe cry a little bit, but he'll get over it because this is God's doing, right? Isn't that what we think? When God does something, it's going to be crystal clear. It's going to be smooth. And then the first bump we get in, we start crying, God, you said that I wouldn't have to worry. And God's going, I'm trying to walk you through this. Rehoboam doesn't do that at all. He goes back and gathers 180,000 warriors and says, we're going to war with these people. And just before it happens, God comes to a man of God and speaks a word into Rehoboam and that whole army. Look at verse 24 of chapter 12. The man of God says, this is what the Lord says. Don't go up and fight against your brothers, the Israelites. Go home, every one of you. Doesn't that sound like a parent coming out in the yard and scattering some kids? <laughs> he said, get on out of here. You know, you, go home, every one of you. Then this is what God says. This is my doing. So they obeyed the word of the Lord and they went home again as the Lord had ordered. After that, man, you, you know that the blessing that God poured into his life is established. I mean, there's no, there's, if it was any doubt before, there's not a doubt now. When God decides to bless you, man, hold fast during the adversity because the blessing is coming. And if God said he's gonna do it, he will do it. It may not look like the way he, you thought he would, but God will come through. He's never going to fail you. And so Jeroboam begins to build his kingdom in the north. He, he establishes uh, his palace in the hill country of Ephraim, and he fortifies it. He actually builds up another place so that he's got places on both sides of the Jordan River to establish his kingdom in the north. Things are going good. He rules there. God's blessings are good. And you can just see the waters calm in that whole thing. God did it. God brought him through. The blessing of the Lord has come in to Jeroboam's life. And then something happens. It happens to all of us. When we get blessed and things sort of level out, a thought, an obstacle, a situation, could be a person, something happens, something comes up. And it came up for him. A thought entered his mind. See, the ten tribes of Israel had given up on Rehoboam but they didn't give up on God. And Jerusalem is where they worshiped. And Jerusalem is the place where Rehoboam was still king. And look at what verse 26 says. It says, Jeroboam thought to himself. See, this, this is where we can very easily misplace the blessings of God. This is where it can start with a simple thought. It says, Jeroboam thought to himself, the kingdom will now likely revert back to the house of David, Rehoboam's grandfather, right? If these people go up to offer sacrifices at the temple of the Lord in Jerusalem, they'll again give their allegiance to their Lord, Rehoboam, king of Judah. And they'll kill me, and they'll return to Rehoboam. Now, I just got to say, I, I don't blame him for having the thought, okay? Thoughts aren't sins. What you do with the thought is what counts. Kind of like the old saying, you can't uh, make every bird stop flying over your head, but you can stop the ones that build a nest in your hair. With all that humidity today, some of you look like you have a nest in your hair when you came in today. Don't rib anybody. Don't poke them. Just look at me. It'll be safer. <laughs> so Jeroboam had this thought. I don't blame him for having the thought, but what did he do with the thought? This, this thought was absolutely ridiculous because that is not what God said at all. God said, if you, I will, and I'll build it as enduring as the kingdom that I gave David. 
I'll make you ruler all over all that your heart desires. But Jeroboam thought to himself, if you don't want to misplace the blessings of God in your life, here's the first principle. Guard your thought life. Guard it. Guard it with everything. God's blessings are good. Man, but this car trouble's putting me behind financially, and I don't know if I'm going to be able to give this week. I don't know if I'm going to be able to, to obey God's word when it says tithe. I don't know if I'm going to be able to be generous. It's a thought that'll come in your head, and God will bless you financially. He'll, he'll bless you with, with that car. He'll bless you with all kinds of things. And, and the thought comes in, man, these blessings are good, but I don't know how I'm going to deal with my boss. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to give him a piece of my mind. You're quiet because you know it's true. I, I, man, these blessings are good, but COVID. That's the only thing I need to say about COVID. Am I going to trust him? I don't know because I feel like I need to sort of fix myself here. I, I don't, God said, but I'm not seeing it. And the pain of your situation every single time, when the, when the blessing comes into your life and the dust settles, the pain of the situation that comes into your life will, will cause you to forget what God said and what God has already done. When that happens, look, your situation is gonna tempt you and, and this is where you can very easily misplace the blessings of God in your life. You cannot let your thoughts convince you the opposite of what God's word says. Paul said in Romans 1.21, he said, yeah, they, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks. That sounds horrible, doesn't it? Listen, listen how they got there. They begin to what? Say it aloud. Say it again. Put it in the chat. <laughs> Got them right here. They begin to think. They begin, their thought life, they begin to think up foolish ideas about what God was like. And as a result, their minds became dark and confused. You know that your thoughts that you entertain determine your behavior? And your behavior determines the course of your life? See, most people see people do dumb things and they think they just did a dumb thing, but actuality, that dumb thing was brewing right up here long before they ever did it. How many of you have kids? That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> but adults do it too. It, it, starts in, it starts in your thoughts. The thoughts you determ, uh, entertain determine your behavior and the behavior determines the course of your life. What thoughts are you entertaining when it comes to what you're walking through right now? Do they line up with God's word or do they line up with your worry? Because God's made you some promises. Here's the fix a few chapters later, chapter eight, verse six. Paul said, letting the spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. You don't have life and peace in your life right now. Maybe the Holy Spirit's not leading your thought life. Maybe you are. Invite him in right now. Jeroboam didn't guard his thoughts and his thoughts eventually led to his behavior. Look at verse 28. So he thinks the thoughts, he entertains the thoughts. Then it says, after seeking advice, the king made two golden calves. And he said to the people, hey, it's too much for you to go up to Jerusalem. Here are your gods, Israel, who brought you up out of Egypt. And then one he set up in Bethel, and the other he set up in Dan. There's a phrase I want you to see right there that led to this demise. After seeking advice. Guard your influences. Guard your thought life. And guard the people that you let influence your life. Guard your influences. Who was he talking to? Who did he go to 
Who in their right mind would ever look at the situation that he was going through and, and advise Jeroboam that God couldn't take care of some people that might, you know, revert? And the only other option was to build two golden calves for them to worship right here where we are because that worked so well the first time with Moses and Aaron. I mean, who, who, who is he getting advice from? Who is it that you are letting give you advice in your life? Because I want to tell you the soft truth right now. There are some of you who are making some big decisions in your life right now, life-changing decisions. And I'm going to tell you, Facebook ain't where you should be getting your advice. Now, I'm sure there's some good, well-meaning people on there, but has Facebook ever told you and made the promise that nothing's going to separate you from its love? Would you get advice financially from your broke uncle? Probably not. If he's sitting next to you, just, again, look straight at me. Don't know. So why do you take advice? Why, why would we ever think about taking advice from another person in our Christian life that's not even claiming to line up with God's word, or their life doesn't line up, their decisions don't line up with God's word? You gotta guard your influences. Jeroboam didn't do that. He began to misplace the blessings of God that God put in his life. He, you know, and, and, and we see the result in verse 30. It says this thing became a sin. And the people came to worship the one at Bethel, and they went as far as Dan to worship the other. I mean, gosh, when you begin to misplace blessings in your own life, not only do you pull yourself out of the will of God, but you're also influencing other people that are going to follow you. Did you know that your life has hearers? Your life has hearers. People are watching you. Your family's watching you. If you have kids, grandkids, nieces, nephews, they're watching you. They're watching what you do. And one of the biggest lies that we can ever tell ourselves is this is only going to affect me. It's only going to affect me. But it affects so many people, some of which you'll never even know. But look at what Psalm chapter 1 verse 1 says in contrast. It says, oh, the joys of those who don't follow evil men's advice. Who don't hang around with sinners, scoffing at the things of God. Now, you might be focusing on the evil men and those who are scoffing, don't hang around. But look at what it says in the first part. Oh, the joy. Oh, the joy. Some of you need joy in your life. You need some peace in your life because you're walking through something difficult and you're holding on to God's word, but maybe you need to shift your thought life. Maybe you need to to shift who it is that you're actually getting advice from. And you know, things got complicated for Jeroboam. I'd like to say this story has a happy ending, but if you've read the Bible, you know every story doesn't. It doesn't have a happy ending for him. In fact, he he not only walked away from God, but he allowed himself to wander so far that he didn't make it back. And it was his own choice. But he he didn't come back. I asked you at the beginning, and I want to ask you again, how important is it to treat the blessings that God is pouring into your life well? How do you think God felt about Jeroboam when he blessed him like he did? And it was so public, you know, for everybody to see. He gave him that big promotion and then he made him king. How do you think God felt when Jeroboam's life didn't line up with the blessing that God poured into his life? Because you can think of all the ways that God's been good to you. If I pass the microphone around, you could put it in the chat right now and, and, and it, the chat would blow up and we'd sit here for two days talking about all the good things that God's done in our lives. We would. 
Maybe you've been blessed, you know, with, with children and grandchildren. And some of you may be walking through a time right now where that doesn't feel like such a blessing. You have to get quiet in order for it to feel like a blessing because you got small kids. But you know it is, and, and some of you are blessed that way, and I gotta ask you, are, are you being the godly example that God wants you to be? Are you treating that blessing well? Because it comes from him. Are, are you doing that? Maybe you've got a wife or a husband sitting next to you, and, 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 and husbands, are you loving your wives like Christ loved the church? Are you treating that blessing well? By the way, Christ loved the church so much he died for it. Wives, are you honoring your husbands? Are you treating the blessing well? I didn't ask you if they were perfect because none of us are. This is, this is earth, not heaven. Ding dong. Are, are you treating the blessings well? How many of you have been blessed with health? Are, are, you, are you treating your body well? Are you making good decisions? We're not perfect. Fourth of July was just what? Last week? Probably ate a little more than you should. But overall, come on with me. Are, are you treating your body well? Are you treating the blessings of God well? Some of you have been blessed with affluence. You're, you're financially there. God has just blessed you with finances. Are, are you honoring God? Is your life lining up with the very basic principle of obedience with tithing and being generous? Are, are you treating the blessings of God well? Or are you on a course to misplace them? Maybe it's something else that God's blessing you with because God blesses us a thousand different ways, but it's gonna come down to the thoughts you entertain and the advice that you listen to. You know, ultimately, Proverbs chapter 10, 22 is true. It says, God's blessings make life rich. That's the word there actually means to, to advance, to grow. It, it means to make joyful and nothing we do can improve on God. AKA, there's not a thought there's not a word of advice outside of what lines up with God's word that is gonna do better than what God can do in your life. It's true. This is what Paul says. I'm gonna close with this. Romans chapter eight, verse 32. Because some of you are thinking right now, I, I don't feel blessed. I, I don't know what God has in store for me. Listen to what he says. He who did not spare his own son is God talking about Jesus. He who didn't spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How, how can he not also with him graciously give us all things? And some of you just need that pep talk today. You need, you need that word to sink way down deep in your heart that it doesn't matter necessarily what you see in front of you right now. What God's word says is what matters. Do you have the faith to stand on it even when it's hard? Because we're, we're talking about a God that gave up his own son. And not only that, but he says with him, we are joint heirs with Christ. How, how is he not going to, in, in, with that, give us all things? And some of you just need to say today, I believe you, God. Some of you just need to say that right now. Maybe you just want to say it out loud. I believe you, God. And just let the, the situation, the pain of the situation, just sort of take a back seat. I believe in you, God. Some of you are waiting on promises right now that you know God said, but your situation looks nothing like it. You've got more questions than you do answers right now. You just want to say, I believe in you, God. I don't want to misplace the blessings that you poured into my life. I don't want to be out of position when you get ready to pour it into my life. I believe in you, God. Come what may. If, if I still have to walk this road, I'm gonna hold your hand and you're gonna make me capable to hold the blessings that's coming later. I believe in you, God. Come on, there's power in that.
for some of you, you need to read that verse. He who did not spare his own son, but he gave him up for us all. And maybe today you haven't given Jesus your life. And you know what? I can promise you this. Hear, hear me loud and clear. There is no blessing on this planet that God can give you that is greater than the assurance of salvation in Jesus Christ. And you may be waiting for something to change, something to shift. You may be waiting for, for life to move in a different way. But I can promise you one day this life's going to be over. Nobody makes it out alive. That's a statistic. And, and eternity is coming. And maybe your biggest need right now is not a financial boost or a car or a, a better job or a better boss. Your biggest need right now, if you don't have Jesus, is to, is to understand that there is an eternity coming and accept the free gift that God gives us when he gave us his own son, Christ Jesus, our Lord. And maybe you just wanna pray this prayer with me. We're gonna close right now. And I'm, I'm gonna pray two different ways right now. I wanna pray for you who are walking through that difficult time and, and, and you need a shift in your life. You need to, to change your thought patterns and you need to seek different advice. You need to position yourself not to misplace the blessings of God. But also I'm gonna pray for you if you need to accept Jesus today because heaven is your biggest need. Let's take care of that. Can we pray together? Come on, let's pray. God, thank you so much for this opportunity to hear your word. Lord, your word says it's not just words on a, on a page, but it's transformative. It's alive and it's producing fruit all over the world. And Lord, we believe it right now that it's, it's producing fruit right here in this room, right there online, where, wherever you are. It's, God's word is alive and it's coming into your heart. And thank you, Father, that we can receive it today and our lives begin to shift and move and, 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 and we can be aimed at you, positioning ourselves for your blessings, Father, not just here on earth, but in heaven. And Lord, there are lots of people under the sound of my voice right now because this is earth and not heaven and it's imperfect here that are going through a difficult time and we need you. Lord, hear us say right now, we believe in you. I pray for encouragement. Holy Spirit, I pray for power. I pray, Lord, your word said the Holy Spirit was part of his job is to remind us of everything that Jesus said. So Holy Spirit, right now, just plant your word deeply in our hearts and remind us once again that you're for us, not against us. That greater is he that is in us than what we're facing right now in this world. That you are gonna come through. In Jesus' name. Lord, for those who don't know you, and maybe that's you right now, Maybe you're looking for all kinds of, of things to change in life, but you've recognized today, you know what? I don't know where I would spend eternity if my life ended today. You haven't made Jesus the Lord of your life. Would you just pray this prayer with me if that's you? God, I need you. I'm not perfect. In fact, on this side of heaven, I'll never be, but you are. Jesus was perfect and you sent him here to die for my sins. And I believe in him. I believe that he really died. I believe he spilled his precious blood to cover my sin. And I'm still not perfect, but Jesus was perfect in my place. And when I believe in him and have faith in my heart that he died and he rose from the grave, I'm saved. Lord, I know heaven's coming. I'm not there yet but I trust that you're gonna walk with me every day. I'm gonna aim my heart at you. Come on, tell him this. If this is you, tell him. I'm gonna aim my heart at you, God. And I know that you'll have me in every single place that I need to be when I need to be there. 
I give my life to you. I give the authority to you. And it's in Jesus' name. Come on, can we say a big amen together? Can we just give it up for everyone who said yes to Jesus for the first time? Come on, heaven's throwing a party right now. Can we throw one right here? Come on, let's join in the worship.